Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran. This week, I'm joined by the brilliant Ashlyn Keenan, who's an Irish journalist and uh, content creator. She does so many different things. She's an editor. She has an incredible podcast called Private Education, which I have been on myself twice and then recently you'll recognize Ashlyn's voice from an episode that I published of hers where we chatted about anxiety and relationships. Today we're having a different conversation. Today Ashling has very very kindly and willingly shared with me her experience of being diagnosed with OCD and what that means for her and we talk about everything from all the misconceptions surrounding OCD to how she manages it um, to what people need to know about the condition and I want to say from, from the outset that it's it's not something that I've experienced, I've not been diagnosed with it, I'm a little bit out of my depth on this subject and I probably will have to follow up maybe with a specialist or a clinical psychologist who can help people uh, understand more about the condition but for now Ashling is sharing her experience her story and hopefully you will find it helpful or relatable in some way as always thank you so much for subscribing thank you for your very kind reviews and your messages on instagram always love receiving those and if you have signed up to my patreon page i'm very very grateful for that too you can find me on patreon.com forward slash caroline foreign and you can throw a little tip into the owning a tip jar there if you do so wish Thank you so much. Hope you enjoy this episode and I'll be back next week. I'm so happy to have you, Ashling. Um, Ashling Keenan of uh, Private Education Podcast. Yeah, and of many other things. And of many, many other yeah. things. There's yeah. so much going on. So much going on. Like myself, it's like, what hat have you got on today? Yeah, which job are you doing today? I know. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much. You've agreed to, to come on and, and chat about mm. your experience of OCD. Um, and just to kind of, to, to I suppose, preface it at mm. the top of the conversation, neither of us are are doctors or, no. or therapists no. or, or qualified in that area so no. we can't offer um advice on how someone else might manage their OCD because mm-hmm. it's going to be so specific to them but we're just going to have a general chat about how it is for you and, yeah. and how it's manifested for you and yeah. and then you know OCD in general but if anyone's looking for really specific advice um I would I would look up a, like a therapist a qualified therapist yeah. and maybe I'll talk or to even, one later on even your GP because I know for me 
the like the start of it for me was to go into my GP because it was starting to get to a point where it was affecting my life and my sleep and you know mm-hmm. things like that and it was kind of paired with generalized anxiety and you know those kind of things and they kind of cross over they cross over loads and so does depression and so do like eating disorders and this is why it's so this is why it's important to say that it's so nuanced there's so much gray area there's not one you know and like you said people trivialize OCD like people will say oh she's very OCD about that because someone likes to have their house really clean Mm -hmm. or you know but a lot of the time like you said you know there's when you refer to someone as OCD, you're talking about because they're they're fussy or they're finicky. You're or, talking about a personality trait, yeah, as opposed to as opposed to a condition, condition yeah, yeah, or a um, disorder. And there's a lot of misconceptions about OCD in the sense that people think that the only way to experience it is repeated behaviors. Yeah. So hand washing would be a common one, or um, having to like switch the light on and off 29 times before you enter a room. Or... Yeah, just what we see in, in movies and TV, I suppose. Yeah, like totally. the lie on the pavement. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, what's his name? Jack Nicholson, yeah, yeah, yeah. as good as it gets, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, that's OCD. What, before you were diagnosed, mm-hmm. what was your perception of OCD? Oh, I didn't know I had it. Um, and what did you think of when you heard OCD? The same, I suppose the same thing that anyone else thinks. Like, I thought OCD meant, you know, somebody who, like, I always knew I was very, like you said, I am quite anally retentive. Like I have all those traits. I am very prone to organization and, you know. You like things a certain way. and Exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't, I'm very, very inflexible. And I think that was the the main thing for me that I, when when my therapist at the time said it, um, that I'm very, very inflexible in my thinking. And in, it, you know, no, okay, obviously no one likes change. Like, you know, there's people who are like, oh, I wouldn't be mad on, you know, changing job or changing where you live, whatever. But like small kind of low level inflexibility, like I'd be very, very inflexible. For instance, I don't know if I'm, if I'm driving somewhere and there's a road closed, I, like. That would cause you stress. It would cause me immense stress. And for anyone else, they'd just go, I'll just go a different way. Mm-hmm. But for me to, to make that, like to adapt in that situation takes an awful lot of energy and stuff. But so before I was um, actually given a diagnosis, if you want, I just thought OCD was what you see in films or what you see here on, you know, mm-hmm. in in um, movies or like whatever. I didn't, I didn't do any research into it. I didn't think that it was what I had. It, I didn't think. Were you oh, yeah, afraid of it? Of like, w- w- did you think that's not that couldn't possibly be me to have an OCD um, diagnosis? I don't think so. No, and it's funny because fear is a massive component, I suppose, of OCD. And that's what kind of differentiates people. Well, I mean, again, most people with OCD is that fear and control are a massive part of of your compulsion. So like the fear that something really bad will happen if you don't have these thoughts or if you don't do a certain thing. Yeah. That is a, a massive part of it. And so like, I didn't, I never thought that I had it because I just, that like, it's so ingrained in you that you just think it's just who this you is are. just who I am. This is just my personality, and it's not then until it starts affecting you that you go, "Oh, maybe this is something yeah. more." But I never thought I had OCD for a second. That's kind of I was trying to understand the difference between all of the personality types that we associate with OCD and actually OCD. And mm-hmm. very simply, um, a description online is you know ha- having all of those, any and all of those, um, you know, thought compulsions or physical compulsions, and it really causing you distress mm-hmm. and interfering with your work life your relationships um 
your sleep some people get completely housebound mm-hmm. by it yeah and um, whereas you can be someone who just I mean I will sit down and at, at the table and if the knife and fork aren't straight I'll always adjust them and sometimes I think oh am I like OCD but it's just it does it's not that I'm I'm not going to lose my mind if it's not perfect yeah. but you just you like things to look a certain way and yeah. there's there's a whole you know that's not OCD no but it is like I mean you know for someone who like is very specific about things there's a lot of people who are very specific about things there's a lot of people who you know like their house to be a certain I know you know there's people that clean before the cleaner comes you know yeah. these you know these kind yeah. of people I would definitely be you know not cleaning before the cleaner comes but I I would definitely be very specific about how I want certain things to be mm. and I mean that ranges from really really big big things to very small things and a big kind of a trait that a lot of people with OCD will have is perfectionism yeah and you know it's it's not necessarily I mean the the perfectionism thing a lot of people have that but it's when it starts like that when it starts getting to a point where you're afraid that something bad will happen because of your lack of perfection or where you're you know so compelled to do something that it actually harms you yeah um or harms people around you or you know makes you makes you think really negative thoughts or you know so there's there's like different stages of of OCD as well there's kind of I wrote this down just to to remind myself so there's obsession which can be with which is mostly with thoughts then there's anxiety so the obsessive thoughts lead you to be anxious which is what anxiety is in general but the difference then is it goes into a compulsion so it makes you do an action or or continue a thought process okay so it actually manifests into a behavior exactly yeah okay um and then the last thing is temporary relief so for me um and I didn't again didn't realize this until I actually spoke to a therapist about it but I since I've since I'm a child have um bitten my my skin or on my fingers and I just thought you know my my, I'm sure my parents when I was a child thought okay well she just bites her nails it's a thing that a lot of people do um, but I, it was more for me, like my nails are, are long, like I'm showing Caroline here. Beautiful I have long nails. nails, but I have, um, you can see there, I have like lots of scarring on my fingers Oh yeah. from, and that's like there, that's all scarred oh, and stuff. Yeah. And that's from years of biting my skin and that's a compulsion. Okay. And would you have been like cognitively aware of the compulsion when you were doing that? Or is it just like a physical need just, to have your, it's just a, it's just a, um, it's not that I'm aware that I need to to bite my skin, but it's just something I do when when an anxious kind of okay when when something it, when again like those inflexible thoughts and all those kind of when something changes slightly or when something isn't going right or when I'm when I'm worried about something or when I'm having a kind of obsessive thought pattern, I'll bite my nail, I'll bite my bite my skin, and I'll try to make that perfect. I'll try to basically what I'm trying to do is this sounds so mad. But when I bite a piece of skin off and there's a little, a little kind of leftover bit, I keep going and keep going and keep going until it's perfect and until it feels smooth. Now okay. it never does. I never achieved that because when you're, you know, if you're tearing a piece of wrapping paper off, you're never going to get the thing rewrapped. Mm. It's never going to end up being perfect. But you're, I continue and continue and continue because I'm like, well, if I can fix that, then at least something will be perfect. Okay. Do you know? So you kind of place the importance onto this thing that's nothing to do with kind of kind of thought yeah kind of and it's just you're you're compelled to keep doing it and keep 
And do you ever then go into a battle with like your rational mind that's saying, Ashling, this is not going to solve your problem? Oh, all the time. And then is it, do you kind of berate yourself and then that creates more tension and more stress? Yeah, kind of like, I think there's always, like I'd be fairly, you know, set a kind of setting myself aware like yeah I suppose I'd be fairly emotionally aware and aware of my own feelings and thoughts and stuff and I absolutely have arguments with myself like mm. I'm always like why are you doing this why like why do you constantly need to do x y or z thing why do you you know why is it that you have to have the curtain closed to that exact point or else you can't go sleep mm-hmm. and I my logical brain is like that's fine. You don't need to do that. Close the curtain the full way. It doesn't need to stop there. But my the the OCD part of me is like, no, you have to. It has to stop there. And so, like, it, that is actually a, a, a literal example of something that I was struggling with um, for a while. I had a curtain rail that there was a, a like a break in the center of where it was expandable. It was one of those IKEA ones that's expandable, mm-hmm. and there was a, a kind of a break in the center where you, where the expansion could happen, and it was right in the center and I if if the curtain was closed so that I couldn't see that break I was I just wouldn't sleep I wouldn't go sleep I wouldn't be able to sleep I'd be mm. constantly thinking that has to I can't I have to open that and sometimes and are you I'd, thinking if I don't what will that mean yeah like I, I if I I think if I don't do that there'll be a fire in my house okay or if I don't do that somebody will break in or if I don't do that you know like just completely irrational things like mm-hmm. complete and and like I'd be I'd be sitting there and I'd be going this is not rational like you're this is fine you're totally fine you're totally safe and yet I'd still be now I'll get up and just fix it and was this around like this kind of experience was mm-hmm. that becoming more uh, frequent t- till you decided to go and a- address it or where were you at when you decided actually this is not something that I want to put up with I want to see if I can get some even just clarity on why I am the way I am. Well, th- I didn't actually go to my GP about a suspected case of OCD. Like I didn't, I didn't, like I said, yeah, I didn't ever think that I had that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went because I was, um, I wasn't sleeping and I didn't really know the cause. It turned out that it was OCD and anxiety and I was, you know, but I didn't know why I wasn't sleeping. All I knew was I was waking up at like three o'clock in the morning every mm-hmm. night and being wide awake and not being able to go back to sleep. And the lack of sleep was affecting my yeah. day-to-day. So I went I uh, went to my GP first and then she recommended a therapist and I went to the therapist and we were chatting, you know, I went for a couple of sessions and, and it was funny because in one of the sessions she just went and, you know, with the OCD thing, blah, blah, blah. And she kind of just... Just threw it out just there. Just threw it out there. And I said, do you think I, do you think I have that? And she was like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, like, to me, it seemed like she, it was a, completely done deal it was as almost it was almost as if she was expecting me to already be aware okay that I had it because it was so obvious and did she explain to you how she would diagnose that uh no she didn't really like I mean as throughout the course of what we were talking about and all of the things that I'd be telling her that were keeping me awake or or making me anxious or like all of that kind of really inflexible thinking and the not liking change and like I was telling her that I I'm constantly afraid I'm going to get Legionnaire's disease from stale water. And I mean, like, and I, I used to, like, my, my husband slags me off because that's one of a fantastic way of dealing with someone with OCD. But he um, he always slags me off because if I get a say I get a glass of water and I bring it up and put it beside my bed, the next morning, my house is clean. 
and you know there's no toxins floating around the air but I won't drink it the next day mm-hmm. because I'm like no there's I'm definitely going to get Legionnaire's disease from that and he's like you get Legionnaire's disease from like stale water in like the desert that's been stagnating and there's been animals around you know like he's like you won't get legionnaire's disease from clean water that's come out of your tap that's been sitting on your bedside locker for eight hours it's fine but I'm very like no I will I'll definitely get legionnaire's disease and it sounds like if your OCD is manifesting in like those kind of worries that then there's another overlap with like hypochondria totally and health anxiety is a big part of um a lot of people's OCD. Yeah, fear of contamination and Yeah, and fear of germs and stuff like that. And and this is where the obsessive hand washing comes in. I don't actually have that. I don't struggle with obsessive hand washing. I'm actually, which is weird, the opposite. I don't like um my hands ever being moist or wet or okay. um I don't like to wash my hands. And I know that sounds mad for someone who has OCD, but again, it's this is why I'm saying it's so Well, it's different for everyone, right? Totally. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But my not thing everyone who has is, OCD has a ridiculously clean house. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And like the, one of the things is like I won't I can't touch uh rubbish or bins or oh, anything yeah. like that that's part of it for me but again it's more about my hands touching something that might be and wet. how how do you react if that does happen um I'm I urgently need to dry my hands or wipe my hands or clean my hands and do you physically feel like a stress yeah, flight or fight kind of activation really physical yeah really like visceral kind of yeah might like my upper back will start to get tight and all the kind of things that you might associate with like having a panic attack or yeah. or general anxiety okay. issues um so there's there's all that kind of to deal with as well but again like those are those are things that you know you might not necessarily notice like as in this is I'm really really nervous because this is the first time I've ever spoken about having OCD uh, oh well don't be you're explaining it so so clearly for me anyway oh I mean. well thank thank god because I, I i it confuses me. like not that it confuses yeah. me but i think it's not as clear-cut as other um maybe mental disorders would be yeah no it's not i as think easy so. to identify yeah it's not as easy so. to diagnose probably and there's kind of blurred lines with the colloquial lines. definition of it like in the kind of the slang term um ocd and then the the real thing but it's it's hard like my family and friends wouldn't necessarily be aware of a lot of what my kind of mm-hmm. triggers would be or what any any of those things would be and my husband would be um, and people would often see like kind of they'd see them as almost quirks rather than yeah. problems yeah. so for instance my friends always I'm a very very fussy eater mm-hmm. but I eat I would eat any food I would try anything I would if you want me to eat snails if you want me to eat lobster I'll eat I'll try everything it's not about the food it's about how I eat it and my friends always use McDonald's as an example so when I go to McDonald's I have to get a certain amount of sauces in a certain combination I have to take the lids off in a certain order I have to lie them out in front of me in a certain order and I have to you know there's a a very specific order for things to happen Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't happen in that order like there's been times where I've just thrown out my meal because okay. you know, like because something didn't go in the so order that needs to go. So someone was serving you in. something that's not ideal because you're not in control of how it's being served to you. Exactly, yeah, and uh, but also, like I mean, it doesn't mean I can't eat in restaurants because I totally can. Um, but there are just there are certain 
scenarios in which I will be so regimented in the way I eat. Like, I mean, when whenever I go to McDonald's, my friends have all practically finished their meals by the time I've finished laying out my sauces. Right, okay. Do you know? And, yeah. it's, and, it, and it seems really trivial and silly. And, you know, my pals just slag me about it and they say like oh yeah you're just you're just fussy and you're just you're a bit bit odd and a bit weird yeah um but they don't know that what's going on in my head is is so kind of complex that you're it's actually very, like me, for you there's a very real reason why doing this helps you to feel helps safe. me feel better yeah and that's that's the thing that's the temporary relief that's like the, the fourth kind of step in the process so like that if I'm having fries for McDonald's I I eat them in groups of three and they all have to be the same length and if they're not the same length I actually break the chips I break a bit off to make it the same length okay and that gives me temporary relief and I mean temporary relief as in I eat them and then I feel good okay and it sounds like all of these things you were probably managing very well and that you just avoid certain things or mm-hmm. you know and I, th- I know avoidance is, is a big issue with anxiety where you're keeping it from getting out of hand but you're not really addressing it or fixing it or changing it Mm -hmm. did you want to get to a place where you weren't living in these confinements anymore or are you okay with living your life that way like did getting the diagnosis kind of make you feel okay this is what I'm working with this is who I am yeah it kind of gave me um kind of gave me a bit of a license to to accept those behaviors and not try to be someone who doesn't have OCD totally yeah because I don't think I don't think I'll ever be someone who doesn't have it yeah and I, I'm fine with it in the sense that I can manage and I, I've you know obviously I've gone to therapy for you know and and I, the type of therapy I was kind of doing for in that particular instance was exposure therapy so okay. essentially it's the more you do a thing or the more you're, you force yourself to do a thing mm-hmm. that you're uncomfortable with the easier it becomes and um, so there are times where I'll try and be flexible and I'll try and you know, not to go back to the McDonald's example, but I'll try to go to McDonald's and not have the exact amount of sauces that I want. Or I'll try and eat fries that are a different size. Or I'll try and, you know, be a bit more flexible with things. Mm. Um, and that, again, like I, I'm using that example because that's just one that's come to the top of my head. But there are so many, like there are hundreds and hundreds of examples of inflexibility in the way I think and the way I'll kind of go through my day. Um, Was it affecting your relationships? Um not not really like I mean one of the kind of things that um people with OCD do a lot is look for reassurance um like is that okay is that okay with you is that okay you know and you constantly ask for is everything okay and I think that got annoying for my husband and it continues to annoy my husband because Mm -hmm. he's like everything's fine you don't need to keep asking yeah Yeah. and he can't convince me because I'm convinced that and if this it kind of goes back to that idea of if you don't do everything a certain way, something will go wrong. Mm. And oftentimes when there's nothing going wrong, you're wondering why there's nothing going wrong. And you think something's going to go wrong. Yeah. And you're constantly on the edge of a disaster is about to happen, but it's directly related back to because I didn't do this or because I had that thought. And when things have happened in your life Mm -hmm. that have gone wrong or have been difficult to deal with have you in your head been able to separate that happening from something you did yeah like I, it's not yeah I don't blame myself for the bad things happening because when when a black when a bad thing happens it's more to do with um like the how I'd cope with the change or how I'd adapt to the change um and if a bad thing happens it's almost like you see it as inevitable like that was going to happen anyway that's fine and it's it's bad 
and you don't like change anyway so you kind of just deal with it the way you'd deal with any other change okay. like you'd go back into the obsessive thoughts and you or you'd go back into so when the bad thing happens you can kind of handle it it's more in the anticipation of something bad happening is yeah. where you've got the most distress I suppose yeah in terms of OCD totally yeah and like because when bad I mean, bad things are inevitable and I mean bad things on a small scale and bad things on a, on a larger scale um and I would I would kind of you kind of live in your head a lot um in terms of like the upset like the obsessive thoughts like you think about a con you'll think about something constantly and oftentimes what I'll find happen is I'll get into almost like get into a daze and I'll be like staring and someone will be like like my husband or whatever <clears throat> he'll be like are you okay is everything okay and I'll I'll kind of snap out of it and I'll be like yeah no fine and I'll again go back into the obsessive thoughts so like it'll be if there is something bad happening oftentimes I can't I struggle to kind of take action mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's it's almost like paralysis a, kind of yeah and and a fear and a, and a, a lack of control it, it kind of comes back to yeah the control thing like you you can't control these situations when when something bad happens or even when something good happens it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be bad 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 you know, if it's just a, if it's something different, if it's something unplanned, if it's some unforeseen circumstance, like yeah. I don't like things to not be how they were supposed to be. So even for, for like something as small as if I'm talking to my husband during the day and I say, we're going to have beans and toast for dinner. And then later on he says, I was actually thinking I might go into the chipper. I'll be like, no, no, no. Okay. No, no, we're having, we have to have what we planned to have. I've, I've already, that, that box has been ticked in my head. We have to do that. That must be very hard then since you've gone freelance mm-hmm. and working for yourself, self-employed, everything's mm-hmm. always up in the air, things yeah. change, you have to be able to adapt and yeah. roll with it. Has it become more apparent in your new working environment? Yeah, it has and it's a struggle and it's something that I really, I internalise to be honest because like it's almost like you don't want pe- you don't want, you don't want anyone knowing that this is what's going on in your head all the time. Do you feel shame? Um, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Like, are you? Do you feel like it? It you don't want people knowing that that's how your mind is. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, there is a bit of shame, and well, I suppose there is because I never get nervous and I'm actually shaking. Oh, do you know? Like, know. and yeah. and and also, like, one of my really good friends, one of my best friends, one of my closest friends, was in my house last night, and I was telling her that I was going to be on the podcast, and I said oh, I'm going to be talking about my OCD, and she was like, "Oh, really? Do you have that?" Mm. you know so it's obviously not something that I've been like yeah let's chat like this is what I have because I part of it part of me thinks you know yeah I'm a bit ashamed of the way my mind works and then the other part of me is like people don't understand what OCD is yeah there's a there's a because of the misconceptions you're kind of like well I can't say I have that because people will think but sure you don't wash your hands all the time and your house is sometimes not completely clean Mm-hmm. what would you like the people in your life to understand better or know about your experience of OCD um I mean generally people in your life if they're if they're kind people they're going to be kind yeah. and they're going to you know be be good to you no matter what but I think something that I would like to explain to people or even ask people to do is do a bit of reading about OCD like mm-hmm. look it up and, and find out what it's not find yeah. out that it's not what you see in films find out that Jack Nicholson did a massive disservice yeah. <laughs> to everyone with OCD but you know to just have a look and see yeah 
And it must be it, really it must be is. frustrating when people just say, Oh, you're so fussy or you're that's yeah. just ashling or that's yeah. you know, you're just like a bit like difficult or you yeah. know Yeah. And it's not even that I don't think it's necessarily people find it that I would be difficult. Well I bloody hope not, but it's it's that I like things in a certain order. I find temporary relief in things like alphabetizing yeah. or colour coordinating or just the process of organising things. So like I get serious relaxation and satisfaction from tidying up a mess and I will sometimes deliberately make messes so I can clean them so like if I'm having a particularly stressful day and I go into my office and at home and I see that it's a mess which it often is because I go in there it's kind of half wardrobe half office so I go in there to get dressed to do my makeup to work to um like I have all my beauty products that I get sent through work in there I have microphones I have a big printer I have paper I've like that that place is at the scene of many different activities and inevitably if I'm having a busy week the wheels come off and it's a complete mess mm. but when I go in and I see it in a mess that makes me feel really really happy because then you have an outlet for then I have an outlet for okay. it so it's, it's almost like in my head if I as I organize that it's almost like I'm putting the thoughts in my head in order and when I get to the end of it and it's it's back where everything everything's back where it should be, I'm calmer than I will ever be. Mm. And it's the same with I you I always think of three areas as as um I have these three areas in my head where if they are organized and tidy and clean, I am calm. So my it was always before I worked for myself and worked from home, it was my desk at work, then it was my car, and then it was my bedroom, the place I whatever place I would be sleeping. And if those three areas were ticked off in my head as being organized and tidy, you could cope. I could cope, and I'd be I'd be comfortable, and I'd be mm-hmm. happy. And there would always be, like like that, you know, when those three areas were ticked off, I would be calm and I would be at ease. And like I love seeing. There's nothing I like more than when there's a mess. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Too clean. And I suppose, like, from listening to you, it, it, it would sound like, on one hand, you could see it as this is a massive... Um, joy and relief and comfort to you to tidy something but then it also could sound like do you want to get to the point where you want to feel calm in a mess or like is cleaning it the compulsion or do you like are you happy to say okay I know I feel better when I do this so I'm going to continue doing this or do you feel that there's a need to really get on top of it to the point that you can feel calm in it yeah I know what you mean like I, I I don't think I'm happy to continue with you know that that knowledge that I'll be calm when there's a, when I'm in a clean space because it's productive yeah if it got to a point where it was taking over my day as in I couldn't leave the house until I had the office clean and it was meaning I was missing work and if it got in the way in that yeah. sense then yeah I probably would look to you know maybe I don't know go on medication or mm-hmm. get even more therapy or you know exposure therapy in that sense yeah um and there are certain ways that OCD impacts my life, but it's kind of, I kind of internalize a lot of it and manage a lot of it in my own head. And sometimes I like, I mean, if I, if I was, if there was some kind of physical manifestation of my thoughts, um, people would be able to see what OCD looks like because they'd see how many times a day I think about things and, you know, how many processes there is and how many ways I have to order certain things like as Mm -hmm. in and I mean order things as in I don't mean line things up and put things in physical order but the order in which I do things so if I get into the car say and I don't put my seatbelt on before I check if the car is in gear you know there's there's all these like it's it's constant yeah and it's constant throughout my day throughout my life Mm -hmm. um but it's almost it's like it's on autopilot for you oh my god so it's not that you're trying to activate your prefrontal cortex by saying no make sure you do this it's just like it's a it's a neural pathway that's just you're so used to going through the motions exactly yeah like it's totally just something I do so then it's not that taxing in a way maybe when you're doing those things no it's not like as in you know it's not it's more so the obsessive thoughts that are taxing because it it tires you out you know yeah yeah. like you get you get very and and you know if some people are really like like I'm the opposite of laid back that's something I was going to say to you. Yeah. Like uh, we were mentioning the stigma earlier mm-hmm. um, and it's something I struggle with as well. I, I don't have OCD, but from being an anxious person, I've always just, you know, people describe someone as being so chilled or laid back or go with the flow or easygoing. And like, that's the ultimate way to be like, mm-hmm. you know, in a relationship or, or in work. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're just so easy to deal with. And, yeah. and I used to just feel so much like I need to be this way to be okay yeah. um, or to be accepted or yeah. loved. Yeah. And, you know, so do you find that hard in that society prefers, in a way, looks more favourably upon a real relaxed, chilled, laid back person? Yeah, definitely. Like, 
nobody's like, yeah, oh my God, she is so lovely. She's so neurotic. Everything, you know what I mean? <laughs> nobody describes, yeah. nobody puts those, the, nobody gives you those words. And nobody, like, I was kind of, I was looking up words that you can say about someone instead of calling them OCD. You know the way someone will say, oh yeah, she's really OCD. Yeah. There are other words. So I, I wrote them oh, down. Yes, tell me. Precise, fastidious, fussy, and finicky. And those are words that, they're all words that you wouldn't want to, said about you really like precise maybe in a in a professional context organized is a nice one organized like, is nice yeah. but organized has implications yeah. organized is a weighted word so if i was to say about someone she's really organized like, it's, like it's not a compliment yeah i guess i mean it's yeah. a, it's a probably a positive thing you could probably rely on her to plan a fantastic hen party yeah or you could probably rely on her to do a really good job with something but it's not necessarily oh she's lovely she's chill she's really easy going she's not too you know not too fussy not too you know and that's how we all actually perceived exactly and I know I'm I know I'm not that and I know I'm not perceived as that but I do you accept that now um yeah I think I do and I I think I've gotten I didn't for a long time but I think I've gotten to the stage now where I, I you know have I have friends I have a loving family I have a husband who loves and accepts me as as I am and I think all of those things make you think, okay, well, the person I am must be okay. The person I am must be acceptable. I have, you know, I have a job. I have people who will hire me to do work. I know I'm easy to work with in the sense that <laughs> what oftentimes will happen is somebody will ask me to adapt in a situation. Like I'll get an email from someone and they'll say, would you be able to actually change this and do this instead? And I'll go, absolutely, no problem. And then I'll get off the phone and then I'll go, oh Jesus. And the person that's hired me doesn't know that I'm that I'm having this like complete mental block about mm. what's about to happen or what I have to do. So the fact that I can manage it and the fact that I can, you know, kind of look inward and and treat myself with therapy or with, you know, meditation or whatever. Well, I actually I can't meditate because my mind is it just won't won't let me. Um it's always something I've really struggled with and it's something I wanna do, mm-hmm. but I can't. Um the fact that I can manage it myself and the fact that I still have work and family and friends and it hasn't impeded any of that too much has led me to be able to accept that that's just what I am and who I am. And how do you feel now that you're vocalising a vulnerability that you've held close to your chest for so long? Oh my God, I'm shitting. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> what nervous. Are you, what are you afraid of? Um, that's some, That people might think differently of me. That people might that I've now that I've said it now that people are like oh this is what you experience or like oh that makes sense yeah exactly (laughs) I'm sure everyone will be saying that everyone will be like well yeah of course like that does make total sense but I think I wouldn't want anyone to judge me for it I wouldn't want anyone to think that I'm incompetent or think that I'm or I wouldn't I wouldn't also want anyone to change their behavior towards me and start being like oh are you sure you're happy with this exactly like I don't want that and I nor do I need it you know not everyone that has a, a condition like that necessarily needs people to adapt to that to their way. Yeah. And in actual fact, exposure therapy is all about not being adapted to and not letting yeah. your surroundings. Yeah. If your help whole world you. was to pander to you, you might feel calm, but the OCD is still very much like in the driving seat. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's if the whole world panders to you, you're not getting it. You're not you're not living in the world. Yeah. Do you know you're not you're not meant to be in a world that just completely shapes around you. Like that's not healthy. That's yeah. not healthy for anybody. And I think that's like sometimes I think like that's why celebrities have such a tough time 
in 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 some cases because they're in a world where everything financially and and you know all their team around them are just completely whatever you want is fine and they turn into these monsters because you know the world just adapts to their every whim I agree yeah do you know yeah um do you think if someone has OCD however it manifests for them do you think they have to just accept that it's who they are the way I've accepted maybe I'm more prone to anxiety than someone else or is OCD something that people think you can't um get on top of or even get rid of is it something that you can I don't know I from what I was reading CBT is kind of the first port of yeah, call yeah potentially medication yeah and you said exposure I mean, therapy exposure therapy like I mean I don't think there's that I don't think you can get rid of it I don't think like but it's from, something you can manage it's definitely something you can manage yeah. or, and reduce the effects of it in your yeah. life and there's there's ways you can um there's actually a really good podcast called the OCD stories that just talks they, they just interview people that have OCD and it, it goes through like lots of different topics so there's hundreds of episodes actually and it's all you know it can they talk about how your family can you know what your family can do to help or what you know all these kind of things and I think like you know there's no there's no you know, there's not going to be a treatment that will you know there's no pill you can take and you can wake up the next day and not have OCD like It'd be it, the chill, most chilled out person ever there's, yeah. there's that's not that's not there it's not going to happen mm-hmm. um and there is there's therapy like the same way I suppose you'd deal with like an eating disorder or depression or anxiety you go to therapy you figure out what what the blockage is or what the, the pathway is that's that's different for you and you just like learning about it is is like almost half the battle yeah I would completely agree and then after that then it's just about managing it and accepting that it probably won't ever completely go away but like that once you're living a life that you're happy with and yeah you know um what do you think would be helpful for say say for example um someone's listening and their partner has OCD and they are feeling probably guilty about saying things like oh don't be silly like you know this is fine or you know think about it rationally Mm -hmm. what how can someone better support someone with OCD I think patience is a big thing like you know there's a lot of people with OCD will will need time to to process their their thoughts their obsessive thoughts and they might need time to to do a compulsion to do an action now there's one kind of school of thought that says that you shouldn't that family and friends shouldn't pander to the person's upset like um so say for instance if somebody wants to go and wash their hands 50 times and they can't open a door exposure therapy and like families and friends can get involved with that is just do it and move on and deal with it after the fact so there is kind of that side of things but then for me it's mostly like I said it's mostly internalized it's mostly in my thoughts and in my um how I view things and how I view the world so I I think a, like a lot of patience is required from like my husband in particular is very patient because if if he knows that I need things to be a certain way or if he knows that I need to like the indecisiveness as well can be another thing and like he'll ask me in, at night time he'll go into the bathroom he'll be like do you want your toothbrush and it can sometimes take me a full minute before I'll go yeah because that seems so silly and but but he has the patience to go he'll say you don't have to decide now it's okay and he'll go and get his toothbrush yeah 
and I can decide whenever I want if I want to wash my teeth. Like it's it's a it's a it's a there are all these nuanced weird things and someone who's the partner of or the sister of or the mother of someone who has OCD might notice these things and all they'll need to have is a bit more patience mm-hmm. and a bit more awareness and that's why I said like reading up on it or educating yourself about yeah. it is a good and knowing thing. that it's um, a compulsive disorder mm-hmm. and not I think the main thing that I've been reading is is people thinking of it as a personality type or a personality yeah. trait yeah and it's not something you can snap out of no and it's um, not something you can control either yeah so your thoughts like I mean I find travel to be very difficult because mm-hmm. Like, I know you have spoken in the past about how traveling was difficult for you. Yeah. Like, the reason I find travel to be difficult is because there's so many, it's, there's so many new environments that, that things that you could obsess over in your head. And then there's so many ways that your, your want for that temporary relief, like if you do the compulsion, then you get the temporary relief. There's so many scenarios where there isn't time for you to do the thing that you're compelled to do. Mm. There isn't time or there isn't a place for you to like have the experience you know there's 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 just so much change and so much to adapt to that you know it can make it can make you quite anxious and and, and have those like repetitive yeah. thoughts and repetitive it's, you know. it's both same as anxiety mm. it's a lot easier to handle when you're in an environment that you are in control of as much as possible totally but it's important to be able to be out of those controlled environments t- to kind of I guess know where you're at because mm-hmm. I could have easily I suppose lived in the cocoon of my house and been mm-hmm. like well I don't feel anxious when I'm here yeah but you don't like you're you're so much in your comfort zone that you need to experience a little bit of stress to kind of get overcome it yeah um I want to talk just before we wrap up about um what people get wrong about OCD because mm-hmm. I think it's so important that people if we can shed light on on, on what it isn't mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to just I, I found this up which I thought was interesting which might be useful for people I can't remember where I found it up, but I'll put the link in my in my podcast notes. So it just says, while the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders doesn't classify OCD into subtypes, many psychologists agree that there are two main types. Uh, this Kristen Bianchi, PhD, who's a licensed clinical psychologist, she specialises in treating obsessive-compulsive spectrum disorders. She says, I think about OCD in terms of types that involve fear versus types that involve nervous system discomfort. And she says, people with fear-driven OCD carry out obsessive or compulsive behaviours called rituals that stem from a strong belief that if they don't, the things they fear will actually happen. For instance, someone who repeatedly checks that their doors are locked may fear that harm will come to their loved ones if they don't make those checks. On the other hand, people with OCD driven by nervous system discomfort may feel the need to do some rituals over and over without a particular reason why, other than a strong feeling of discomfort if they don't. She says, people with this kind of OCD usually don't know why something bothers them and they'll often describe it as just feeling not quite right. It's not so much that they're afraid something bad will happen. Yeah. So would would you agree with those two kind of distinctions? Yeah, definitely. Because I don't think, you know, there is a part of me that um, occasionally and sometimes I will have that, I think something bad will happen to me if X, Y, Z is the case. Like I do have those those thoughts and there would be a lot of, a lot of that is related to health. So I, a lot of my obsessive thoughts would be around health and um, you become obsessed with, so say for instance, okay, like um, checking my boobs for lumps. I I check every time I have a shower. So they recommend to do it maybe, you know, once a month. Yeah. <laughs> I do it every time because I feel like if I don't, the one day it. I don't will be the day that something bad will happen. Mm-hmm. Likewise, there's, you know, there's, say, I don't know, say if I get an ingrown hair, I'll be like, oh, well, that's going to get infected. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's all these kind of 
you do think if I don't do XYZ, this really bad thing will happen. Mm-hmm. Um and again it, it doesn't apply it doesn't apply to every single action in your life. It it picks and chooses what actions it takes and what actions it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I do experience some of that something bad will happen side of things. But then the other side where it's just I don't know why I I feel that way. I just have to have things in a certain Mm-hmm. order I feel that as well okay so you can be sort of having both types yeah I think so I well it yeah. must be the case because the there are certain occasions where it's not that I think something bad will happen it's just that I feel the need to do things a certain way or else I'll feel uncomfortable yeah I'll just feel physically uncomfortable I'll feel anxious I'll feel stressed I'll feel I'll you know start to wring my hands and I'll start to bite my skin and Mm -hmm. all these kind of things will start to happen and it will just be discomfort rather than a feeling that something bad is going to result yeah and I think something else I I read that I would hope would make people who suffer with OCD a little bit more forgiving of themselves um is that the World Health Organization ranked it among the top 10 most disabling illnesses in terms of diminished quality of life and loss of earnings, which is really staggering when you think about the diseases that they'd be lumping it in with. Yeah. Um, and the average sufferer takes 12 years to seek help. It's quite a secretive disorder, not necessarily something you can see. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I suppose, brings I would definitely to, feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't see it in me. Like, I mean, unless I actually say, the only physical way you could see it is if you look really closely at my hands and I explain to you why they're all scarred like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I certainly wouldn't have known mm. that you had OCD. And I think you can be someone who is, I would have known that you're very organized and reliable and conscientious. And that doesn't necessarily overlap with OCD. You yeah. can be those things and not, not and not be OCD. And I have not been diagnosed with OCD. And I, I don't suspect that I do have it. But I, a lot of what you're saying, I have experienced to some extent where I think if I have a headache, that's probably a brain tumor. Yeah. Like I go to those sort of, yeah. or if, if I, I'll just get something in my head, like something is, um you know, any kind of, it's always with health with me, with physical yeah. things. Like if something's bothering me, I'll be like, oh, that's, that's probably ovarian cancer, even yeah. though like you just might need to pee or something. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. Totally. But that, that's where it overlaps. Yeah. That's where like OCD and, and generalized anxiety overlap because, you know, like that, the, the it's very like they're very nuanced things mental health issues are all, always very yeah. there's always like gray area it's never just you know your leg is broken and your that is your leg and it is broken and it's we tangible. will put it in a cast like there's it's it's so just there's so many different facets to it but it, a lot of it overlaps with just anxiety yeah. in general and does, um, it, does it bother you how much it's trivialized like i know I don't watch the Kardashians, but Chloe calls it Chloe CD. Yeah, Chloe CD. Chloe yeah. CD. Yeah, no, yeah. I do, it doesn't bother me at all because, I mean, I don't, I don't feel ownership over OCD at all. Yeah. And in actual fact, when the therapist said to me that time that I had it, and she was, she kind of said it, like I said, she yeah. said it very in in very, like, do you not already know that you have this? How do you not already know that you have this? How do you not not know that this is a thing for you? Like, I didn't. I don't go around with a badge on me, uh, like a metaphorical, I have OCD badge. Mm -hmm. I would much rather that I didn't have it. Now, again, I manage it and I have accepted it and it's fine. But I don't go around with like a, I'm flying the flag for OCD and I take offense if someone says, oh, she has OCD. She's very OCD. She likes a clean house. I'm not like a martyr for the... It doesn't define you. It doesn't define me. And I think that's like one of the reasons I'm able to manage it. And one of the reasons I'm able to just get on with my life and do my thing because... I don't let it define me and I 
I know what the I know what my own kind of triggers are I know what my own the way I feel about certain things the way I like things done I know all those things I also know that it's it can be an issue but I don't let it define my personality I don't and I also don't conflate my personality yes. with the the issue like I don't think oh well I'm really organized and conscientious because I have OCD yeah yeah no I'm really organized and conscientious separately I also have OCD so I, I, I don't I don't mix the two of them up yeah and therefore I'm able to take a step back from it and be like yeah it's something I have it's not something I am say what you want about it like trivialize it all you want it's not I don't take personal offense so if someone that. is listening now thinking first of all maybe I have OCD should they go to their GP yeah absolutely like there's the, the best thing you know for anyone, I like. I think everyone needs a bit of therapy. Yeah, I think you know. I think we all do as well. Yeah, and like if it's something that you're thinking, if you're listening to these things and going, "Oh, I okay, I I, I have a lot of those traits, or I have a lot of those like I don't want to call them symptoms, but do you know what I mean? Those aspects of OCD. Like, go to your GP, explain why it's affecting you. If it's not affecting it, and you're managing it. You're managing it. Like, mm-hmm. if it got to the point where I was, I was getting really anxious, and I was having really really negative and very dark thoughts about you know my health or people around me dying as a result of me not fixing my career yeah and then you weren't sleeping and you're physically in that stress response all the time all the which time. is going to have knock-on effects everywhere else totally so it, it did get to the point where it was affecting me and so I went to my GP and then I was referred to a therapist so if it is affecting you if it's something that's bothering you if it's something that you're conscious of and you don't want to to struggle with yeah definitely go to your GP and if someone has done that and they have found out that they do have OCD yeah. and they're thinking oh my god like I didn't is this me now is this who I am or I don't want to be this way I want to be like my friend who's so chilled out what would you say to that person like chilled out people it's all it's all relative chilled out people have their own issues mm-hmm. do you know everyone has everyone has something just the thing that has helped me is I try in every aspect of my life to see everyone as being equal so if someone over there and you're looking at them and you're thinking I wish I could react the way they do I wish or... yeah I wish I could I wish I could have just adapted to that situation like I there's there's a couple of people I follow on Instagram that I that travel um like I follow a travel writer and then I follow a girl who um she moved to Bali and she she like I look at them people and I'm like how do they do that yeah how do they live that life I wish I could be that free I wish I could be that flexible I wish I could you know travel for a living and not worry about blah 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 blah. but then I'm like okay it's all relative I I literally try and visibly like I try and mind's eye visualize everybody in the world on on the same level and then I just think okay no matter what pedestal you're on so I'm on the little OCD pedestal somebody else is on the you know I've lost a parent pedestal somebody else is on the I'm actually struggling with a struggling with a physical illness pedestal. Someone else is on the I'm unemployed pedestal. Someone else is on the I want to be married and I haven't found the right person. You know, every yeah. like everyone is having a thing. Everyone is, you know, struggling with their own issues, their own problems, whether it's something you can see, something you can't see, something that's secret just that they only know, or whatever it is. We all have our, our cross to bear or our you know, our issue, or whatever, but I actually, like, having said that phrase, cross to bear, I think the best thing I can advise is don't think of it as a cross to bear. Think of it as a part of a part of who you are, but not 
defining who you are and like like I said don't wear the badge yeah like, and having the education and the information around it yeah is like you said earlier like it's half the battle and it's empowering you know no to, totally. to know okay well this yeah. is what I'm dealing with it's not mm-hmm. just it's not your fault no no you know? and you don't have to like you don't have to like that leave the badge at home you don't have to be like you know you don't have to like declare yourself yeah oh I, ha- I have OCD now so therefore yeah. like you don't have to sit in it and and let it consume you and let it define every move you make and every thought you have yeah it's an yes it's an aspect it will always probably be there but it's not the only thing you are it's not yeah. the only thing you have and you know everyone you might look at someone and be envious of their ability to be to be laid back or their ability to exist in a messy house or to there you know and again those are kind of trivially aspects of of the condition as well but you might be envious of someone else's ability to be called laid back or whatever but again bear in mind that there's something that 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 without kind of making you be in competition with someone but there's always going to be something that you have that they don't have that they wish they had there's always going to be we all are equal the same thing is going to happen to us all at the end of the day so you know we all came in the same way we're all going out the same way totally and and you know you don't have to let anything that that like anything like this define you and you don't have to be envious of someone who doesn't have it because everyone is struggling with something something that really resonated with me from a a previous podcast i did with do you know sex education that show Mm -hmm. i'm sure you do yeah tanya reynolds is an actress in it she's kind of awkward just really wants to have sex character (laughs) and she has really crippling social anxiety and i did a we had a really great chat and Mm -hmm. she said to me for so long you know she was pushing against just trying to be someone who could cope in social situations someone who'd flourish in social situations and just wish she could be like everyone else and eventually you know someone just said to her at some point and it just changed everything that like it, there has to be room in the world for people who are different or people like us people who are socially anxious people who have OCD people mm-hmm. who worry that a freckle is cancer like yeah. Yeah. we don't have to all become this homogenized not overreacting completely um flexible completely resilient person yeah be very boring you know uncolorful world if we're all the same totally you can be as you are and like you say it doesn't have to define you and you don't have to change it no and that's 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 like i totally feel that way like i i I definitely think there's there's space in society and in in you know workplaces and in relationships for all different kinds of personalities and it's about being it's about being like as a person, as an individual, it's about being accepting of different of difference. Um, and in a in a funny way, I'm very laid back about different types of people. Mm-hmm. Like because I know of my own nuances, I'm like very accepting mm-hmm. as a person of of other opinions, of other you know, of other mental health issues, of other physical health issues, like all of those things. I'd be very you know open to understanding other people I'd be very empathetic as a result of I think having my own kind of bits and pieces going on I also as an aside have a a a neurological condition called synesthesia which is a total it's a different aspect to who I am again and it kind of ties in a little bit with the OCD but like this is fascinating this is a whole other it's a whole other podcast for anyone who doesn't know what it's synesthesia yeah it's synesthesia is a cross wiring of your senses so essentially it's people who can you've probably seen there's like a bbc horizon documentary on it where people can taste music or they can uh, they see things and they see words or people in color so it's there's lots of different types of it but i i have one of the types and it links into ocd a little bit but again it's something that you know 
there's so much like there's so much nuance in personality and there's so much difference in people like I would consider myself really laid back about you know like all the different ways in which a person can exist in the world and I think empathy is a big thing if you have mental health issues like you have to be able to empathize because you know you you've got something going on in there as well and there's literally room for all of the different types. Yeah. Ashton Keenan, thank you so, so much for joining me and for sharing something which I know wasn't easy for you, you know, to I'm share. Sure, don't be so nervous. Relax. It's so weird. Like, I'm actually, like, physically, oh, like, rattling. No, but, like, I can guarantee um, you, you're going to hear from people who will say thank you so much for articulating. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. You will. I hope I, I, I hope I articulated it well. I think you articulated it perfectly. Okay. I mean, it was something before you even mentioned it to me, I was completely in the dark about mm-hmm. Um, and it is worth you know doing a bit of research on yeah. and finding out what it isn't if we haven't given enough of an idea of what it isn't um, but it, it's always so powerful when someone is willing to say this is what I experience this is my uh, existence mm-hmm. and um, it's comforting it, even if even if we can't solve other people's problems the, one of the worst things about anxiety or any kind of thinking you're on your own in it yeah totally um, so yeah. at the very least people I hope you know no matter what you're going through no matter what kind of compulsion you might be dealing with there's probably someone out there who can who could relate and mm-hmm. um, so thank you so much thank you for having me. me it was a pleasure planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.